Hey, Sarah. Hey, Josh. So. So. What are we talking about today? I can't read your notes <laughs> from here. Uh, we are talking about Death Cab for Cuties album, the photo album. And this is from 2001, October 9th, 2001. And the producer of this album was Chris Walla, a member of the band. And this is their third album. So, if you are listening to this, which I hope you are, uh, we normally do these type of episodes on our Patreon feed. So you should subscribe so you can listen to more episodes like this. So Josh, this is really embarrassing. That's patreon.com slash spinning out pod so sarah no pressure when was the first time you listened to death cab for cutie or this record i don't even remember i don't (laughs) was was this the first one uh probably i think it was it's definitely the one that i remember listening to the most so why did we why why did we pick this specific one? Oh my gosh! Why are you asking me all these questions? This is gonna like fall it. on you because this is the first time I've ever. heard This is this the record. first time you've ever. Okay, first of all, this is not the first time you've ever heard this record because when we were first dating, I used to listen to this a whole the time. Well, at that time frame, which sounds silly. I pro no, there's no way I thought that it was postal service. I was gonna say <laughs> I thought it was postal service, but. Um, I can't, I can't even like, no, say you can't even, been run, there's no mistaking no. that. Um, but I definitely, I liked, I liked postal service, but I think I still would have had an aversion to death cab, which actually feels like it should probably be the other way around knowing how I was at that time. No, because postal service was like widely accepted by people who listen to different types of music because it was like so beautiful or whatever. I don't really know what everyone's <laughs> stupid ass excuse was. But for some reason, Death Cab was just like dumbass indie. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you're not sure when you got into them, but it was the... definitely in high school at some point. Okay, but the, I guess that would have been. Don't before... say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> so, being that you are 22 years old, yes, I am, but a wee child. Yeah. Um, We'll just say this was the first record Do you uh, remember hearing from them. This is definitely the first record I listened to. Okay, okay. yeah, this is that's that's pretty solid to say. And did you actually did you like buy this album or? I never bought this album. Did you hear it on? I well, I do you remember it. it being on the OC? Any of the songs? Um, it's possible that that's where I heard it first, but unlikely. I didn't really, like, download music from the OC. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more like somebody probably posted about it on LiveJournal. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's for you, it's either uh, someone posted it on AIM <laughs> or someone posted it on LiveJournal. <laughs> yes! Which I think yes. you just blew your 22 years old out of the... <laughs> if you used LiveJournal, you were I still no use way... my LiveJournal. <laughs> you still? No, I'm just kidding. I, mean... I tried to log into it, but I don't remember the password. Unfortunately, it's friends only, so I can't read it. Uh-oh. So you're I not even it. your own friend anymore. That's some really deep shit, Josh, <laughs> that I'm not prepared to talk about. Um, Where do you... So... Where do you think that Death Cab fans are overall, where do people like put this album in line with the other ones? I think that, okay, so I think that like 
what's the album that they went more like mainstream popular with like was that plans i think it's plans um so i think that a lot of people who got into them around plans like never went back from there okay so it's kind of like plans forward yeah probably for a lot of people oh and i mean it's it's like we talk about an album on this pod all the time right where it's like this is the album that they like broke on or whatever and it's like we've never listened to like the stuff before that Mm, you know it's like when you find out about a band because they like break then i don't know i guess it's different we tend to like care more about like the past of music like the full picture the history the like complete nature of a band but i think most people don't yeah just by and large Mm -hmm. and also it's now a lot easier to do that but in 2005 when plans came out it wasn't that easy to just like visit the back catalog of a band yeah true i mean yeah i guess we've we've talked about that a lot even with our own experiences it's just kind of like you get into what's in front of you and if you don't like that you just move on with the rest of your taste you know that's kind of how it was you know even though we're 22 years old Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. you know but like thinking about the difference of like you know with spotify i mean i i feel like we probably would have like asked some friends like if you were really into death cab like oh what else do you have you know but yeah it was definitely harder to just you know but i think that like yeah most people aren't like really into death cab in the way that they're like what else do you have they're like really into it in the way that's like what else sounds like this Mm, so instead of like going deeper on it they're just gonna go like wider with it true so they would say like owl city (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why you keep trying to like insert owl city no into our conversation no it's just that people have done that uh you know it's like people i've heard people do the uh you know postal service well okay yes i know exactly what story you're about to tell yeah so uh i don't know if I, i if i should say the person you know, um, so a person we know. A family member of mine. A family member. <laughs> um, basically, when Owl City was like a big thing, that song, the Firefly song, right? Um, right. We, we were like, oh, if you like this, you should Yes, because this person was very into Owl City. Like, really into Owl City. Um, and you're like, you should listen to Postal Service. We played Postal Service, like, I don't see the similarities. <laughs> and it was like the most mind-blowing thing. Just like... This is the same But then thing. also, it's not just that, like, you don't see the similarities, but it's that you don't see the similarities, and you're just like, I don't like Postal Service. I'm good with Owl City. That, that stuff like that, when that happens, that's... And I'm not saying, like, This, is, like, shakes you to your core. You make you question, like, everything you've ever known. Well, it makes me also question that the kind of idea of, like, do people sometimes get into things because they like it or because it's sort of like a mass hypnosis in a way? You know, kind of like I just mean, you start liking a song because you hear it so much. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for that. Because there's definitely songs you hear it the first time and you're like, I don't like it. And then you hear it like 10 more times and then you're like screaming along to it yeah, with like your like, hands out the window. Yeah, you know? you're just like, there's a hero Oh my God, Josh, yeah. no. Like that. You Down know? You're bad. Just, you hear it so much on TikTok, you know, <laughs> since we're young and we do TikTok a lot. TikTok is ruining everything it for is. me. But now I, I feel like I get that song stuck in my head like people would have with Fireflies at the time. Is that song on TikTok? 
Yeah, there's a lot of TikTok. I On my algorithm. Never. Your algorithm is like heinous. Uh, well, would your algorithm be more likely to play Death Cab for Cutie? My TikTok algorithm? Well, because I feel like your TikTok algorithm is, uh, is more wholesome. And mine yes. is just demented. Yours is evil. Mine would never play Death Cab. Yours is horrifying. The um, only Death Cab song that it would possibly play is the song Styrofoam Plates. <laughs> it wouldn't even. That's too emotional. <laughs> um, I Okay, so I guess I kind of just got us into talking about the actual record. Um, good, good. That, Yay, Josh. Okay, I'm going to jump to Styrofoam Plates. Okay, I'm not surprised. It's It's strange to me because I feel like there's so much, and I told you before we recorded... I feel like this band is so uncontroversial. I don't even mean that in like a bad, this isn't a diss or anything. It's just that you never hear anything bad said about Death Cab as people. Yeah. There's no drama with this band. I know you were lamenting that before the episode. What Episodes will we talk about? Episodes are easy when there's some drama. You yeah. can skate We love to talk that. shit. But it's that like if true. you can just be like, this Only for the paid died. Patreons, though. Yeah. Only for the paid yeah, Patreons. Yeah, we'll talk so much shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you subscribe, we don't talk as much shit publicly. Because we <laughs> don't want yeah, have to backtrack it. But on if you pay us a dollar a month, <laughs> we will talk. That's how little it takes us to, you know, dip into that. <laughs> but going into styrofoam plates, what was weird about And people have, like, commented on this before because I was looking it up. Um it feels so uncharacteristically angry in a way that I don't feel like they get, or maybe I'm just wrong because I'm, it's probably pretty clear. I don't listen to a ton of death cap. Yeah. I think you've established that. Yeah. Um, I don't think of this song as angry. It has like a strange line and I guess I should have just like had it up where I'm just like, what is he saying? And it feels gross and not like i'm not saying that in an accusatory it's just a weird lyric that i'm like yeah bring it up there's um i mean this is definitely like i don't know if this is like real life or like if this is someone else's life or mm -hmm. if this was just like a whatever i really once again have done literally no homework <laughs> um but it's definitely like a very emotional song. It's very like compelling, I think is a good word. When I'm reading these lyrics, um, and I know I'm, uh, so if you, so you're listening to this publicly, but previously we did Most Precious Blood. When I'm reading this, these lyrics, they feel like they could be indecision or Most Precious really? Blood lyrics because of this specific line where it says, you're a disgrace to the concept of family. The priest won't divulge that fact in his homely and I'll stand up and scream. In the morning, and that's morning with an OU, remain quiet. You can deck out a lie in a suit, but I won't buy it. Yeah. Feels so much more characteristic. I'm not saying that this stuff exists in like emo more than I feel like. I guess I almost categorize Death Cab for Cutie as like an indie rock band. And I don't often feel like, I'm not used to hearing Death Cab or Ben Gibbard kind of, Painting some, there's okay. That's not the specific line that I was talking about. I think I know what line you're going to be getting to. So the part where it says it's no stretch to say you were not quite a father, but a donor of seeds to a poor single mother that would raise us alone. We'd never see the money that went down your throat through the hole in your belly. Yeah, 
it feels so and actually i heard that i i'm now i'm that i'm re rereading it it's not as gross as i thought the lyric was yeah i mean the gross i mean the gross the lyric is basically like you weren't a father to us because you were like a fucking alcoholic yeah i there's a part where he says like his father and his mother and then I didn't switch back to his father oh. with the hole in your belly. And I thought So it was... you made it about sucking dick? Yes. What's wrong with you? Well, I thought that's why that's also but it's still even without that. Well, if I were, if that were the truth, I'd be like, that's uncharacteristically like That would have been uncharacteristically vulgar for yeah. Ben Gibbard. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. now that I see it, it's still like it seems like a little angrier than I feel like I'm used to to him being or maybe i'm just missing that as not being like i think a that fan. like i i think that the problem is that you don't pay enough attention to lyrics no, I don't, and yeah. that's why you're like i don't see him as like ever being angry because i think that like like ben gibbard is an amazing lyricist um the man can turn a phrase is he listening i, I hope so <laughs> <laughs> um but i think you're just not noticing because you're not paying attention to the actual words as much as you are the delivery. Yeah. I... And that's, that is a big thing for Death Cab, that it's like, there is a lot of things that are delivered in a, like, easy to digest way, but the actual words themselves are, like, pretty intense. When I'm, these two things aren't really comparable, but just kind of thinking of people that are known as being, like, good lyricists. When I think of someone like Blake Schwarzenbach, like especially like the Jets Brazil era, um, there's like a, the difference here is like, I feel like they both have that kind of turn of phrase kind of thing. Sure. But Ben Gibbard, I feel like just the way his voice is, it kind of goes down smoother, yeah. you know? And I think a lot of stuff can pass you by, which is probably my Yeah, thing. I mean, I think also that like with Blake, you know, I agree, can also turn a phrase, but it's like a different, it's more of like an artistic turn of phrase than a um like smooth mm-hmm. like slide especially in well later gesture brazil or really the whole run i guess you could say he also i feel like did this thing where he almost wanted to challenge the notion of the things that you should or shouldn't write about in a way right. that it's like oh don't write songs about writing songs so he would write a song about writing a song don't write songs about traveling so you know kind of like use those conventions and turn them on his head and it's but back to like Ben Gibbard, it's like since it's going down smoother, I guess like I said, I'm missing things. Yeah. But he's as good of a lyricist, you would say? I'm asking Is you. Ben Gibbard as good of a lyricist. <laughs> well I guess yeah, rank them. Rank them <laughs> right now. <laughs> but um so I so the album got uh, you know, generally favorable reviews. That's kinda what I was asking, like where What did it people... get on pitchfork? It was a 7.1 out of 10. Wow, pretty good. And the the album, there's nothing, and I was looking it up because I feel like, you know, album reviews of this time frame are, like, pretty mean. <laughs> um, so, but there wasn't, like, anything. Oh, the good old days of Pitchfork. Yeah, they, they're just kind of, and that's actually an interesting thing, is even when, if you want to see how the world viewed a band, because when I looked on Wikipedia, it said indie slash emo. And this sounds silly now in 2022, but I assume that the world viewed them more as an indie rock band 
solely because of how this Pitchfork review comes off. I I always thought of them as an emo band in That's the early aughts. That's interesting. And I know that, so once again, I know in nowadays standards it feels like parsing hairs. Sure. But I feel like if this were like, if this were Get Up Kids, it would be a 0.5 on it. <laughs> but being that this is a 7.1 on uh, Pitchfork is good. Yeah. And especially for 2001, um, 7.1, they really must good. have been viewed as an indie rock band. Okay. Like, I feel okay. like no emo band got a good review around this time frame. Okay. No perceived emo band. I'll accept. I'll accept. It'd be, it'd be like, I don't know, Jets Brazil, for example. Again, they, they would have gotten like wow, a 0.0. Zero Get off the there. Jets to Brazil. Uh, I, I don't know. I just think about kind of the similarities and kind of like the people that are known to be lyricists, people that are, that are hailed as, you know, that type of yeah. songwriter, you know? I mean, we all know pitchfork used to be very venomous very venomous that's a good way to say it um so i guess like what are your feelings how did how did the album hold up for you do you think beautifully beautifully yeah so i haven't listened to this for a really long time and i got like a wild hair to listen to it in like december Mm -hmm. um and i like couldn't stop listening to it oh that's cool I know that sounded, sounded like really condescending. So no, that's good because I feel like it's like, um, I it just like when something of that time frame like kind of sticks with you and kind of like has a new meaning. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, this album was like very important to me. It was very big for me. Um, I was like very attached to it um, in high school, like early college years. So it's kind of surprising that like I let it go for so long. Really, in hindsight. But, like, yeah, to come back to it and, like, I know every word to every song yeah. on this album. I still do. It's, like, it's still there. And, like, I still, like, emotionally relate to them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I I mean, this album wasn't at all hard to listen to. Like, everything goes down smoothly. Sometimes I feel like that would be almost my criticism of when I've listened to Death Cab for Cutie and I almost want it to challenge me more. But it's pretty smooth. But that's also to a credit. Like, I like that about it, too. So I guess it's like I'm asking them to be something they just clearly aren't sometimes. I feel like this album has more, like, pop sensibility than their later stuff. So if you want Death Cab to challenge you a little bit more, I would recommend listening to a later album and see how you feel Mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. I I Um, feel like normally what I would do is I would go earlier. But that's interesting if you're right that they kind of get more challenging as they... Well, I think it makes sense. Is This really started, I think, as, like, a solo project. Yeah. And then, like, progressed to a full band, and I think probably to more, like, writing as a full band also at that point. And so I think that, like, when you... When I write something by myself, it is, like, very much, like, one thing. Uh And it's, like, not complicated, because it's all, like, my head, right? And that's just the way I write. But when I write stuff with like other people it gets more like complicated in ways that like i wouldn't have thought of or that i didn't think it needed and so that like makes sense to me that like maybe as progressing forward as like a whole band maybe it became like a more i don't know i'm trying to like no no I i get it because i think like i think that that's often the times like it's like when you kind of write songs by yourself it's like it gets that kind of 
singer-songwriter kind of thing, you know? Sure. Uh, but also think that, well, it's probably like as I get older, things like Death Cab become more like comfortable or I like it more than I did as a kid. Probably honestly because I didn't give it a chance when I was younger. But now it's kind of like, it's just, if I like that feeling of, sometimes I feel like with band elements, people overcomplicate it. You know, and so like some sure. things with like this album specifically, it being simple, or even when you think about like weaker thans and stuff like yeah, that, it's like totally. it's not needlessly complicated, right? You know? Right, and that's like not to say that that is or isn't because of other people being involved or like a full band being present or anything. Like you can intentionally make something uncomplicated mm-hmm. if that's what you want to do. Yeah, you can do whatever you want, Josh. I don't know if you know that. The I, world is your oyster. Um, do you... Ha- well, have you ever seen them live? No. Much to my dismay. I, are they like an arena band now? Or is it like Jimmy World? I don't know. I think they're more like Wilco. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, I feel like they're on that level. Because, like, it is so, like, widely palatable. Mm-hmm. It is, like very like easy to digest so a lot of like people from very different areas like it they did have like mainstream breaks so there's a lot of like normies for lack of a better term that are like on to death cab and so like yeah i think they're on like a wilco level well i mean plans 2005's plans uh came out on atlantic records and that went platinum um and but this kind of clip this era of time frame when uh you know they were a newer band they were putting out records like pretty quick like being the fact that it's like you know something about airplanes is 1998 uh we have the facts when we're voting yes is 2000 photo album is 2001 transatlanticism is 2003 that's a lot of work in a short period of time and then another thing that i didn't even read off they like every time that they kind of put out an album they they have a lot of eps and their EPs are like kind of specific EPs. They're not just like, oh, here's a here's a preview of the new record kind of EP. You know, so th- what I'm saying is like Ben Gibbard is always writing, it feels like. Like this band between like his projects and like uh you know, Postal Service at the time. The man was, works. He was putting out so much stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so it looks like they're playing at, like, 4,000 capacity venues. So is that, because you've seen Jimmy at World, is that on that level, or do you think that's, well, you said that's even bigger. Uh, What capacity is the Fillmore? Uh, Fillmore is probably, I think, well, I I think the smaller room is, like, a 1,000 cap. So I can't really tell you what. The smaller room? Well, underground. I think is. I have the internet in my hand. Just, just let me look this baby up. I think I think it's interesting because, like, I guess since we haven't seen them live, it's kind of like, what band? Okay, so Fillmore is up to two thousand. Oh, okay. So I can see that. Yeah, they're definitely playing Fillmore size things, like at the least. Death Cab. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're not having any issues. Maybe they're playing. I don't know. Yeah, like the amphitheater, mm-hmm. instead is probably what they would play. Yeah. I guess. Or it's just like selling out quickly or something. Yeah. And like a smaller mark. I guess Charlotte would be like a B market. Yeah, so, they only had a couple shows on their tour so schedule. Where so where was the 4,000 cap? Oklahoma City. 
Oh, okay. I guess I might not. I don't know. Um, but that's that's you doing pretty good. Yeah, you go, babies. <laughs> um, so I guess like, well, I know Chris Walla left at some point, and he's we didn't really talk about him. So he produced did he this record walla, too. Walla walk right out that door. <laughs> he did. He did. Um, so he left the band. I'm not sure when. Um, but he produced like so much of their early stuff and this record included. That's cool. Yeah. Love and to have a producer in the band. Yeah. That's, that's the move. <laughs> well, I guess maybe that also answers the question of, I mean, I know Ben Gibbard was writing a lot or the band was writing a lot, but that probably helps. Having yeah. a, you know, get it. Cause like getting into a studio is kind of like, Oh, saving. Well, for us and they're on a different thing. <laughs> I didn't even think about early on. It's kind of like I don't think they were like we need to save yeah. a couple days. Well, guys. I gotta play some. I gotta play some like cover shows to raise <laughs> to money for pay for this recording. Oh yeah, Barzook said they'll put it out, but we gotta put the <laughs> vinyl. You know, <laughs> so that's uh yeah. I got. I'm showing how unsuccessful I've been with music. Um, but uh, little interesting tidbits. Uh, Sean Nelson of Harvey Danger sang backups. Wow. On uh, blacking out and kaleidoscope and so did john vanderslice on the same songs wow so that is an interesting thing so i mean i think we already answered the question so you're saying that people's probably favorite death cab for cutie records are probably plans or transatlanticism um i mean i think that that depends on the person who that person is how old they are you know, at what was their entry point to Death mm-hmm. Cab for Cutie. I think that, like, people like us who are, like, very into, like, discovering music and kind but of, But definitely like, still young. But definitely still very young and full of life and have their whole lives ahead of them. Mm. Um, I think that this album could be pretty important to a lot of people around our age or maybe even a little younger. Uh, quick note. No. Because, uh, I well, like I said, I'm going back to styrofoam plates real quick. Um, <laughs> you know what? I knew this song was going to be the one that got you. I uh, knew it. I knew it. Do you want, I'm just going to read my notes. Okay. Um, I said, angry much, question mark. Okay. Then I wrote, mommy issues? <laughs> I think well, daddy issues. It's daddy issues. That's where I, I wrote it and then, Don't yeah. try to project your own mommy issues onto Ben <laughs> well, yeah, Gibbard. Yeah, telling a lot about me. Um... Yeah, so sorry. I, I derailed you off of what you were saying. The, it, did you want to go deeper on that, Josh? I, no, I probably need to talk to my therapist about that. Yeah. Um, you know, daddy issues, mommy issues, it depends on the day. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think it'd be interesting to know, though, if that song is autobiographical. Because even in the Pitchfork review, they, they bring up styrofoam plates and they kind of kind of say the same thing. And I just said, like, oh, I don't know if it's autobiographical or not. So maybe it's like a character. But we've talked about this a lot. That And maybe I'm quoting you wrong. That <laughs> oh, no. I feel that you were, you were saying that you feel like sometimes people use a character as a crutch. Or as like to hide their real emotions on things. Or maybe I personally do. Sure. Um so it'd be interesting i guess it's the point that to see if it's autobiographical or if it's a character or if it's a character in quotes to hide a real autobiographical thing you know so 
So if yeah. anyone knows, sound off in the comments. Ben, if you're listening. <laughs> like and subscribe below. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, with that, though, do you... Oh, here we go. I've got the goods. Okay, okay, okay. Breaking news. All right. Um, this is from an AV Club article um, from 2015. Oh, wow. So it says that... Um, oh, no, I lost it. Okay. Styrofoam plates remains Death Cab's angriest, most cutting song, an indictment that I'm sears right. with personal invective, only it wasn't personal. The story isn't about Gibbard's father, but a friend whose experiences he chronicled in the song. Oh. A lot of the song is kind of verbatim things that he would tell me about. He said in an interview, he ended up going to the funeral. He did ask his friend's permission to write about it. That's interesting. Hmm. So Ben Gibbard is, well, it's not to say this person who told him the story isn't a nice person, but but I'm like, <laughs> it goes back to like, there once again, feels like there's no, I don't know, you know, Ben Gibbard probably I don't had, think that the the person in the song that is telling the story is like not at fault for no, anything no, not at in all. this song. And like, they're not responsible for that anger. I think that their anger is warranted. And like, in fact, I think they could be angrier. Interesting. Uh, I I mean I definitely I cop to reading the lyrics way too wrong uh, to begin with, <laughs> but also I think it's uh, I mean it it hundred percent changes the context of it so much, um, but yeah. So just you seems... listen to that song, you got so hung up on that, and like pretty early on in the song that you like totally missed the rest of it being just like the context. No, I mean now it, it kind of. Now it's kind of, it clicked in more. I feel like every, all the puzzle pieces are like, aha, you know, but it's still like, I feel like I have support in saying that that is the angriest death cap song. So we're saying AV Club supports my argument that that's yeah. one I of mean, the angriest. I guess fair enough. It just like, God, I guess I'm just an angry person. So this song just doesn't really strike me as angry. <laughs> so that's not great. Well. And we both need to talk to our therapist about it. Hey, leave me out of it. <laughs> uh, well, what else do we have to say? That's a weird thing to say. <laughs> well, I think we're done. And if you like what you heard, please subscribe once again to our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash spinningoutpod. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at spinningoutpod. Bye. Bye. Bye.